the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome and good afternoon. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. There's a reason why we call the program Crosswalk. It really is the intersection of Christian faith and Christian living. This is the program where doctrine meets duty and belief meets behavior. This is the program with you in mind where we try to ask and find answers to the questions that you care the most about. Questions about God and the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible, questions about worldviews and world religions. And it's been kind of a, a growing tradition that Tuesday is one of those days that we set aside that we call Tough Question Tuesday. And of course, every once in a while, we um, invite you to ask the really hard questions. Now, as always, I give a caveat and say, just because you ask the question doesn't mean I know the answer, but I'm happy to entertain whatever question you might have. And um, and if I don't know the answer, happy to tell you, hey, guess what? I don't know. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. It's 303-873-1935. And um, lots going on in this great big world. And one of the most tragic stories that has been um, talked about today, apparently... Um, a tragic event took place on Sunday where Miss USA Chesley Christ um, apparently committed suicide. And this has left, obviously, her family and friends heartbroken. Um, her story is remarkable on so many different levels. She was a Division One athlete. She earned a law degree at and an MBA at Wake Forest University. She was a civil litigation attorney doing pro bono work to reduce the sentences for inmates. She won the Miss USA pageant in 2019. She earned a spot in the top 10 uh, of, of the Miss Universe competition. And she then became a correspondent for the entertainment news program Extra. And again, last Sunday, according to police and a, a number of different news outlets, she jumped from a Manhattan building, and she was pronounced dead at the scene. And according to Jim Dennison, it says yesterday the medical examiner said she died by suicide. She was 30 years old. And before she jumped, Chesley, I guess that's how you say her name, it's C-H-E-S-L-I-E, posted a cryptic message on her Instagram page. She wrote, quote, May this day bring you peace and rest, unquote. However, in March 2021, she wrote a transparent and lengthy essay 
in which she said, quote, I discovered that the world's most important question, especially when asked repeatedly and answered frankly, is why. She added, quote, why work so hard to capture the dreams I've been taught by society to want when I continue to only find emptiness? Now think about that comment. She's perhaps asking and answering the question about meaning. How is it possible that you can become Miss USA and be one of the top 10 in the Miss Universe contest, become an attorney, um, but yet there's this growing emptiness inside of you. And is that emptiness so profound that it would motivate some people to take their life? Jim Dennison, of course, at the Dennison Forum today writes, I couldn't find information about Chesley Christ's faith or whether she suffered from depression. I do understand that many people who trust in Jesus suffer from this debilitating disease. And I also know from personal and pastoral experience that followers of Jesus sometimes die by suicide. Now, again, that doesn't answer our question about what she really believed. And, of course, we don't know the answer. At least I don't know the answer. If you know of a news source that sort of talks about that, I would love to hear from you. 303-873-1935. But what Jim Dennison does say is that, quote, according to new data— from the general social survey, Americans are more unhappy than we've been in half a century. Now, again, I was around half a century ago. In 1972, people who said that they were very happy outnumbered those who said that they weren't happy by about three to one. In 2021, all that changed. Now the latter outnumber the former by some 5%. Now, again, what's interesting to me, again, is for those who, who find meaning and the opposite of emptiness in the expression of happiness, is that really... God's goal for human beings? Does God just want us happy? What an interesting question, isn't it? For many of you, you might think, well, on Tough Question Tuesday, that doesn't seem to be like a very tough question. But again, it got questions, your questions, biblical answers. We've posted an article, Does God want us to be happy. And I want to talk about that, but before I do, I want to um, finish talking about this young lady. I think she's young. She just turned 30. Who ended her life? Jim Dennison writes, one of the keys to finding fulfillment in society, in a society that produces emptiness, is to look at the one true source. 
Jesus urged us, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, John six twenty seven, which Jesus can give. This is a binary choice. He then identified this food. I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Again, back to Jim Dennison's article that he's posted today at his website. He says that Robert Louis Stevenson once wrote in his journal, as if recording an unusual event, he said, quote, I've been to church today, and I'm not depressed. Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., a member of the United States Supreme Court for 30 years, once explained his career. He said, quote, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers, unquote. If Jesus came to give us life in all of its fullness, John 10, 10, abundant life, why aren't more Christians known for their joy? Because remember, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There might be a growing temptation to walk away from honest biblical expressions of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Hey, if you'd like to join me on Tough Question Tuesday, 303-873-1935, I'll be back with more on happiness. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. We were reporting on the tragic, tragic death of uh, former Miss USA. And um, what, by all, what appears to be, for all intents and purposes, a beautiful, lovely, well-accomplished lady. And so I was bringing up the subject of our article that we have posted at Got Questions on the subject of happiness. Remember, we're living in a culture that has a growing preoccupation with and manifestation of despair. So again, Tough Question Tuesday, if you want to join me, 303-873-1935. That tough question, does God want us happy? And of course, our answer at gotquestions.org, your questions, biblical answers, is this. Happiness is an emotion arising from an inner conviction that that all is right in the world. In a sense of well, it's a sense of well-being or joy or contentment. Everyone wants to be happy, but happiness as our ultimate goal can be elusive. People may make decisions based on what they think will make them happy, then experience despair when happiness never comes. People who assume that God wants them to be happy may justify activities clearly prohibited in the Bible 
by arguing that such choices are necessary for happiness. I'm going to pause in my reading of the article and to, to just add a comment. And of course, that is many, many people, rather than obey God, when asked and answered the question, which is more important to obey God or for you to be happy? And for many, many people, they choose, quote unquote, happiness over obedience. Back to the article, but is our personal happiness God's ultimate goal for us? Does he even want us to be happy? Well, we were created by God in his image, and it is his design that creates our innate desire to be happy. We know happiness is possible because, well, God is happy, and we're like him. When created, when God created the first human beings, he placed them in a garden and filled it with everything that they needed to be happy. Do you remember? Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, God said, Behold, I've given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and and the, the list goes on and on. And second, in Genesis chapter 2, it says, The Lord, in verse 8, the Lord planted a garden in the Eden, in the east there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground the lord god made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food but adam and eve fell for the lie that happiness is contingent upon having everything that they wanted remember part of the temptation for eve is that she believed at least for a moment that maybe God was a cosmic killjoy prohibiting the eating of the fruit from the tree. Remember it says the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to him, did I, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said, no, we, we can eat of the trees. There's just one prohibition <clears throat> as if that one prohibition was the one prohibition that would make them forever happy. Their failure, their failure to acknowledge God as their source of happiness led to sin and banishment from the garden of Eden. And from that day on, humanity has struggled to regain the sense of happiness that Adam and Eve experienced in the presence of God. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. God wants us to be happy, but not at any cost. And I'll, I'll, again, pause and think about that. God wants us to be happy, but not at any cost. You mean God wants us to be happy even if it means violating his word, undermining his character, rebelling against the revelation. His goals are higher, broader, more lasting than fleeting happiness. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9, 
It says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In fact, the pursuit of happiness isn't a theme of the New Testament. Instead, we find repeated commands not to find happiness, but to deny yourself, Mark 8, 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. In a metaphorical sense, it seems that the cross is the instrument of death and that you die to self. In other words, a person who picked up his cross in the morning was going to die usually by that evening. In that metaphor, the Bible calls us to consider ourselves dead to sin. Paul writes about it in the book of Romans in chapter 6, verse 6, when he says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we should no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. So those instructions may appear contradictory to the idea that God wants us to be happy. How can we be happy when we must choose the opposite of what we desire. Now, what's interesting even about that question is it implies that is our happiness rooted and grounded in submission to God and the revelation that God has given us, to us in his word and in the person of Christ? We know that spiritual laws are as real as physical laws, and there is a spiritual law governing happiness. 303 873-1935. Let's see who's up. Jackie. Jackie, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Nice meeting you. Well, thanks for calling. Thank you for answering my question. How can I help you? So I think I asked, I was just leaving a question, but he said I could ask you know, to you directly. So... I think the question is about like when uh, we are in an intake now, everyone wants to pursue happiness, what makes us happy? And I think for me, the answer is whatever you're looking for, for happiness, you're never going to find it. Happiness is a state of peace. If we are made like God makes us to equal to him, I don't think we should be looking anywhere. If we do believe that we have to look back at God in a sense that, um, you know, I cannot believe in God because he cannot give me that, um, it's the wrong place. I feel like there's nothing that God cannot give to you. I think that it's the first you of your own. I think we do. Unfortunately, Jackie, we got to go. But if you want, hold your thought. I'll let you finish your thought when we come back, if you want to do that. Okay? Okay. I'll be right back. Thank you. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. We were just literally talking about happiness. And I wanted to give my guest an opportunity to finish her thought. Jackie, 
Um, you were yes. ta- you were talking a little bit about that the pursuit of happiness, if you will, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to finish your thought. Sure. I think we believe that if God gives me something like the, you know, it's always something else. We are never looking what we have at the moment. You know, if we always going to look for something else to be happy, we're never going to be happy. The happiness of state of mind has to be as a child on Christmas Day when they believe the only day that exists to a child is the day that they're leaving. So there is no expectations. I think this is, should be about happiness. It should be do not expect anything. Go after your dreams, but do not expect anything from anyone and be happy with yourself. Uh, no one can make you happy. Even God cannot make you happy if you do not have that sense of gratefulness to you know, be able, the gift of life, I yeah, guess. You know, in, in 1 Timothy, Paul said, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Which, which, which so one of the keys to be content is what you suggested a thankful attitude for everything that God has given us. Hey, thank you for your call. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Michelle, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Yes, this is the first time I've done this before, but um, your subject intrigued me um, because joy is the word God gave me this year. And the last, try to do this without crying, the last three years has been really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my best friend, and then my son <laughs> took his life. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, but, I'm so sorry. I mean, I oh, know. Thank you. I am so sorry. But so when I brought up the subject of this seemingly beautiful, gifted, <laughs> loved person ending her life, you, you, you know better than anybody how yeah. tragic that is. Yeah. And the thing is, is I think I agree with the, um, I mean, I think what you're saying I get, and I agree that, um, but to me, happiness and joy are completely different. Happiness is based on, um, circumstances. If, you know, you find 20 bucks on the ground, you get happy. But joy, um, I just wanted to read this. Oh, I lost it. But it was actually really similar to your definition of happiness is joy, that pervasive sense of well-being. Because even in the scripture, it says, count it all joy when you're going through all these hard things. Mm-hmm. Well, that, to me, is totally different from happiness. And Can I, can I, I suggest yes, a couple of things? You sure can. You know, I, someone intimated to what you were talking about earlier. Happiness is external, right. but in, in, a, in a different sense. It's, it's a happenstance, if you will, but joy is internal. Now, mm-hmm. the way, but part of what I would argue is that happiness in part is a feeling, but joy is a settled conviction. 
Happiness comes and goes, but joy is everlasting. Happiness depends on circumstances or other people, but joy, joy becomes a gift from God. And happiness is in part, seems to be dictated by what you can and can't do in this world, but joy is divine. So if happiness comes from our surroundings, joy comes I don't think I'm overstating it. From heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's the same as with our kids. I mean, you you did ask, does God want us to be happy? Right. I think he's like, sure, but at, not at any cost. Just right. Just like with uh, our kids. We it, want our kids to be happy, but not if it's going to hurt them or... Or hurt somebody else. Right. In other words, if so, if happiness, if you have to commit crimes or do something wrong, that's a problem. Right. And and the way that I would put it is, so we ask and we answer a different question. Does God want us happy? I think that the answer is yes. But like Mm -hmm. you, I think his goals are higher, broader, more lasting than a momentary feeling of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree, and it's it's a journey. It's a journey to figure out and maybe accept that joy. You know, right? And uh, you know, the Bible invites us, if you will, to uh, to joy. And yeah. you know, the Bible says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say. Rejoice. Right. Hey, thank you for your call. Thanks, Tina. Bye-bye. 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. God wants us happy, but not disobedient. So the temporary thrill that sin provides, that's not happiness. Sin can generate feelings of happiness so long as we're getting what we want. Losing our temper may seem to bring a brief feeling of satisfaction or happiness because we needed to get it off our chest. But the consequences, the consequences, broken relationships, wounded loved ones, is it really worth it? Proverbs 29:22 A man of wrath stirs up strife and one given to anger causes much transgression Sexual immorality might produce a burst of brief feelings of happiness but in the end the shame and the hurt or the unwanted pregnancy or the alienation from God that isn't happy in 1 Corinthians 6.18, Paul writes, he says, I need you to flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. It was Paul's way of saying that people who are involved in sexual immorality literally use their body... <laughs> As, as the weapon to commit the crime. The pursuit of money, 
can provide feelings of happiness. But again, the world is full of people who pursued their own dreams. But then there was this deep sense of despair and dissatisfaction. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Seth, welcome to the program. Hi, Gino. Hi. Um, Just that topic you're talking about, um, wanted your thoughts on John Piper's book about it's desiring God about um, that the God does want us to be happy or have joy, and the only place that that can come from is Him. I think I yeah. I actually agree with Have you that. Read that book. Yeah, yeah, and I'm 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 familiar with desiring God, and I'm familiar with with. Um, John Piper. But but I think John Piper would also say what I just said, and that is, does God want us to be happy? Of course. But does that mean by being disobedient to God? And of course, I I don't, yeah. yeah, yeah, he wouldn't say that at all. Yeah, and he just goes real deep on just the meaning of it and where you need to look and pretty much the only place yeah great great recommendation hey thank you for your call I gotta go thank you 303-873-1935 I'll be back hey welcome back ladies and gentlemen this is Gino Geraci so glad you could join me on the program on Tough Question Tuesday and of course (laughs) Is there a difference between joy and happiness? Is there, how do we think about happiness? (laughs) 303-873-1935. And I think part of the answer has to be what the earlier caller talked about. Does, Does God want us to be happy? And I think that that's true. But I also think that rebellion and disobedience and sin can never generate true happiness. It will leave us empty. Augustine of Hippo rightly stated in his fourth century book, Confessions, he said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Or in updated English, You have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Some have suggested that there is this God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person, and that the void, the despair, the emptiness can only be filled by God through Christ. So... In my view, it might be a little bit different from yours. Some people might, you know, an earlier caller suggested that not even God can can fill it. But I think that 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 the right answer has to be no. In the heart of every person is a void that can only be filled by the Lord. But again, ask, but to the caller's point, and I don't disagree with that, is that God creates a woman who's suitable for the man. Because it was suggested that human beings need companionship and relationship. Now, 
happiness is a gift from God that can only be known by having a right relationship with God. So does God want us to be happy? I think that the answer is yes. But he's provided all we need for life and godliness through the person of Jesus. 303-873-1935. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello, Gino. Hello, Michael. <laughs> I, I love talking with you at this time. I'm driving home and through this snow snowstorm. Well, be very I careful. Oh, I'm being very careful. Well, I, and as I you love. probably already, you probably already know, Michael, you can be as careful as you could possibly be. But sometimes there are unsafe drivers all around you. So I pray, I pray that God, in His grace and His mercy, will keep you safe. Thank you, because I have to drive out to the airport to pick up my wife later. Wow. So, but I drive a vehicle that can get through a lot of snow. Good for you. It's well equipped. Anyway, Gino, I don't look for happiness. I get it. God gives it to me. But it's because the times I'm really happy are because of joy that God gives me. Uh-huh. And in the last couple of weeks, having lost my 13-year-old nephew to brain cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just got back from Seattle to going to his funeral. But in spite of that, I have joy. And I always have joy in the Lord. And it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Or to me. Yeah, it's interesting to me because it prompts a, a tough question Tuesday question. You know, what you just described, Michael, so many people want. They're asking the question, how can I find joy when my nephew dies? How can I find joy in trial? How can I find joy when I live in a broken world? What, what would you say to them? I would say, don't look for the happiness. Mm -hmm. Ask God to give you joy in the Lord so that you have that in spite of what is happening. Yeah, that's a good answer. I I think of um, James. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance has to finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so it is like, no, God's growing me up. No, um, God is at work. No, it is a joy to know that my sins are forgiven. God is at work, and heaven is a real place. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, another thing, I know that my nephew accepted Jesus Christ a number of years ago. Praise the Lord for that. I know where he is. And um, 
course, his parents and his twin brother are struggling right now, but I just pray that they'll find the joy in spite of what has happened. So you said you're going to the airport to pick up your wife. Did she Was she with your, your family a little bit longer? Is that why you're going? No, she had to fly to Miami oh, okay. on business, and she's coming back from there. Well, stay safe and count it all joy. <laughs> and, Gino, one of the things that brings me joy is listening to you every afternoon. Well, I appreciate that, and I know that the snow is coming down, and I'm going to have to uh, face the weather today and tomorrow. But, uh, And you probably heard that I had COVID, and then I had COVID pneumonia. Well, my favorite niece has COVID right now, and there's a question about whether she's going to recover. Well, my heart, of course, goes out to every single person who has loved ones who've suffered a, a, a huge trial. And um, it is it. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Well, be blessed. You too. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. On this Tough Question Tuesday, how can I find joy in the midst of trials? And um, again, my heart breaks, sorrows over the the tragic, tragic death of of the young lady who... And I, I want to say her name is, is it Kelsey or Chelsea? But uh, former Miss USA in uh, 2019. But back to that issue. I know we're getting coming up on a break, but Peter talks about it this way. He says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You know, it's interesting. Consider it joy. Greatly rejoice. In both of those passages, we see the instructions of what we should do. Consider it joy in this greatly rejoice. Because guess what? The things that are allowed in our life in part seem to be to grow us up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.